0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, May 17th, 2016. I'm Caleb Brown. Elite coastal cities, tech hubs and otherwise, have sometimes vicious fights over how free housing markets should be. And businesses trying to lure talented people are caught in the middle. Tim Lee is a senior correspondent at Vox. We spoke last week. When it comes to housing... And making accommodations in dynamic economies. What is wrong with our elite coastal cities?
1: Well, our elite coastal cities have just have a lot of rules about um, where and how much housing you can. Build um, in cities uh, like San Francisco. You have uh, limits on how tall buildings can be. You have uh, regulations called floor area ratios that tell you know how much square footage you can have as a function of the amount of land. Um, in suburbs, you often have rules that just flatly prohibit um, apartment buildings, townhomes, and stuff. Have minimum lot sizes that um, require uh, single family housing. Um, you have parking rules um, and. You know, any one of these rules, you could make a reasonable argument for it. But when you add them all up together, the result is it's almost impossible to significantly expand um, the housing supply um, in metro areas like San Francisco, like New York, Washington, Boston.
0: How have uh, cities like San Francisco and Oakland dealt with it?
1: Not very well. Um, I mean, so there's now a, a pretty raging debate, um, especially in San Francisco, about this. Um, and you have uh, some people who uh, recognize this problem and are um, pushing for uh, relaxing these regulations and allowing greater development. Um, and on the other hand, you have people who I think have uh, somewhat wrongheaded approaches. There was um, one member of the Board of Supervisors um, in the Mission, which is a, a area in, in pretty close to downtown San Francisco, that's called for a moratorium on... Um, the construction of new housing, on the theory that um, the, those luxury high rises you see are the, the force that's driving the price increases, and if we prohibit the luxury high rises, um, then you would see the price increases stop as well.
0: Okay, which is arguably completely wrongheaded.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the the direction of, of causation is probably backwards. I mean, you can understand why somebody who hasn't thought very hard about the economics would, would have this in, this impression since price increases in construction tend to happen at the same time. Um, but of course, it's usually that the higher prices uh, uh, stimulate the production of the new housing, which then helps to to keep the price increases under control. Um, in Oakland, I think what you've had, what you've seen to some extent is that the, um, the, the rising demand spills over from one municipality to another. So 10, 15 years ago, you started to have... Uh, very high prices in Silicon Valley. Um, that caused a lot of uh, workers at Google and Facebook and places like that um, to start working in San Francisco, which pushed up the housing prices there. Um, you've seen the tech boom sort of shift to downtown San Francisco, um, and now you're starting to see a lot of people go to, to Oakland, um, which until recently was not a particularly hot real estate market, and you've seen rents skyrocket there. Um, and so, it's it's a, it's a difficult problem because this is a region-wide issue, but any one municipality is not going to be able to supply enough housing to uh, satisfy the demand. Uh, for the entire region.
0: So Google has tried to build housing very close to its campus.
1: Yes, they have. And has
0: been stymied.
1: Yeah, so they, um, for, for several years, they were trying to, and actually recently we've seen the the, um, the city of Mountain View, there was a, a big political um, battle there, and they uh, elected a new city council that's more friendly to development. Um, and so only in the last year or so, they have started to put forward a new set of zoning restri- uh, rules that will allow um, more housing construction um, in uh, Mountain View where their headquarters is. Uh, but I think it's still um, not adequate to the demand. Um, and a lot of other nearby municipalities have been even more restrictive. Um, and so, Silicon Valley in general um, has not, I think, done nearly enough to keep up with the demand for housing.
0: Do these kinds of cities give any thought to how they will compete as a total package of amenities uh, in their city as compared with other cities, famously Houston, of course. There's no statewide planning uh, regulations in in Texas, so Houston and Houston has very little of that kind of uh, c- control over uh, housing, and then
1: that makes it a very cheap place to live. Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of weird. I mean, most municipalities are always thinking about how do we promote growth, how do we get new jobs to come um, to our our city, um, and you see this weird inversion of that, uh, especially in the Bay Area, and to a lesser extent in um, other places where where uh, Prices are rising very rapidly, which is people almost see growth as a threat um, because if you're not wealthy, if you're not in the tech industry, um, especially if you're a renter, um, rising house prices actually make your life worse. Um, and so you have this this kind of vicious cycle where people um, become very hostile to what in a, any other metro area would see as a good development. Of all these new companies are are starting, um, and I think there's also this this very much this like I've got mine kind of attitude. If you are a homeowner in Mountain View, this really isn't that bad because your property value is going up. You're not paying rent. Your mortgage is. This same. Um, and because the, you know, the voters are disproportionately homeowners and disproportionately people who've been there for a long time, um, well, in the theory, they will certainly grant that, yes, this is a, a problem, that, that housing prices are too high. Um, they don't actually have that motiva- much motivation to fix it, necessarily, because um, they already have reasonable housing prices, and when they sell, they're going to make a lot of money from it.
0: And uh, as you note uh, in some of your pieces, that e- even in suburbia, this problem can be actually worse.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the, um, the there are different regulations in different areas. Areas and everybody sort of um, you know this makes sense. Everybody likes the kind of neighborhood they live in and want to preserve that kind of neighborhood. Um, but what that means in practice is that you know in San Francisco, yes, there are regulations restricting development, but there's also a general acceptance of the idea that yes, there are going to be apartment buildings and, and townhouses and you know high-density construction patterns. Um, in suburban areas, um, often the law requires um, exactly the development pattern you see, which is you know large single-family homes on detached lots. And there's just an inherent you know geographical limit on the amount of housing you can develop. And so, if you wanted to address this problem on a you know, region-wide basis in a town like San Francisco, um, you really would need to have a lot of development in suburban areas. And because there are so many individual suburbs, um, it's very difficult to get, um, to get that on a, a region-wide basis.
0: As a lot of people who move to suburbia, uh, I think, imagine in their heads, they're thinking, please let me be the last one to move out here.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that's that's understandable um, if you look at sort of from a narrowly selfish point of view. Um, but, you know, the, the American economy um, is increasingly focused on um, these kinds of high-tech jobs. Um, we've, you know, we've had a, a nationwide... Um, issue where job growth has been slow and people have had trouble finding jobs um, but there's a few major metropolitan areas where that's not not true at all and one of the consequences of these individual decisions where everybody wants to keep their own neighborhood exactly the way it is is that you know somebody who lives in um, you know Cleveland or Milwaukee or something um, it's just very hard for them to afford to move to the areas where they you know there are jobs available they just can't afford the housing they need to, to take those jobs
0: so housing is an important component of uh, attracting workers to your City it's an important component of uh, economic growth, but you have individual even sometimes at a at a neighborhood or block level people able to prevent that kind of growth, and in the interest of preserving their neighborhoods they do prevent that kind of growth. So some would say that that is an argument for sending power to the state house and out of some power out of these neighborhoods and giving states more control over. Local government development that seems, uh, from one angle, fairly unlibertarian. But uh, I hear that from a lot of libertarians that this would this would uh, help us deal with that problem.
1: Yeah, I th- I, th- I think that seems like a reasonable um, approach. This is something that's being debated in Massachusetts right now. Um, There is a a legislator there who has proposed um, setting statewide standards requiring municipalities in the Boston area um, to set aside a certain amount of space um, for high density development. They wouldn't require anybody to develop in a high-density way, um, but there would have to be room to uh, expand the housing stock. Um, and you know, I think it's just fundamentally just a collective action problem. It's in the interest of the Boston metropolitan area in the whole, or the San Francisco metropolitan area in the whole, to have um, housing growth so that the economy can grow. Um, but each individual community would like that development to happen somewhere else. Um, and the way you normally uh, deal with collective action problems is you have uh, the government set common standards and so everybody in some sense um, takes their fair share of this market driven development that um, I think most people agree needs to happen. Trevor
0: Burrus You would expect that wealthy uh, urban areas would care a lot about congestion and care a lot about uh, not having people drive long distances and dense traffic to work, but that's, at least in the Google ex- example that you point to, that that's been a real problem.
1: Yeah, and this is—I think this has been another area where there's been a little bit of confused thinking because um, when when you go to a city council meeting in Mountain View, where there's this debate about should we allow more housing, people always say, "Well, um, we don't want more traffic. We don't want more um, people, you know, parking on our streets and so forth." Um, and if you look narrowly at the situation in Mountain View, there's, that's a little bit, you know, makes sense. The problem is that what happens in practice, if you don't allow more development near its Google's headquarters, is that Google employees have to go further and further out. Um, right now, a lot of them are are moving to San Francisco or have. Moved to San Francisco and are taking the Google bus down, um, and so that um, on a region-wide basis, um, if if you don't allow the houses to be near where the jobs are, you end up with a lot more, um, uh, you know, congestion and people moving around. Um, I do think one of the big challenges to this kind of development is I don't think it would ma- it would work to simply allow a lot more development without doing anything with the transportation infrastructure, and so I think the um, alongside figuring out how to allow more development. Um, Regions like San Francisco or Boston are going to have to think about um, how do we accommodate the transportation needs. I mean, probably there's going to need to be some investment in uh, rail infrastructure or better bus service. I'm not sure exactly what the right technology is, and especially in Silicon Valley, maybe there'll be you know maybe Uber will come up with something. Um, But I think it's something that city leaders do um, need to take seriously. And you know, this is actually one of the good things about um, having. A lot of demand for housing is potentially the city could use the development as a way to j- generate revenue, which they can then use to pay for uh, transit upgrades. Um, and so this could be a kind of win-win situation.
0: Tim Lee is a senior correspondent at Vox. This month marks 10 years of the Cato Daily Podcast. Subscribe and share at cato.org podcast and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.